The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hi, and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Today, we radiate creativity with Susan Walter, artist extraordinaire. Hi, Susan. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm so happy that you could come in. I've been wanting to get you in here for quite a while because we've known each other a number of years. Yes. A number of years. I know mm-hmm. your, art, your art and your, your work very well. So I'm glad mm-hmm. it finally worked out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> So, Susan does angel portraits. They are really beautiful. If you've never seen Susan's work, um, although you've been on the cover of Evolving Magazine. Yeah, a few times. A few Um, times. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I will be again later this year. Oh, you will? Mm -hmm. Oh, fantastic. Do you know what month? I'm thinking it's August. Or is it August? I have it on my calendar to make sure I have for September. <laughs> Maybe it could be uh, either August or September. Well, later this year. Yes. Later this year. So if you're in Kansas City, in the Kansas City area, you can pick up Evolving Magazine at all the local libraries, uh, many coffee shops and healing places. If you're not in Kansas City, which many of our listeners are not, um, you can see it online at evolvingmagazine.com, I do believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So, um, Susan, you make these beautiful portraits. Uh, can you, yeah, can you tell us a bit about that process? It's like these are really beautifully colored. They're they're totally individualized for people. Mm-hmm. Like, what? How do you get started with something like that? It's been a process. Um, it actually started for me um, at a very young age, mm-hmm. where I um, had near death experiences during life saving surgeries both at four and then again at six. And during those experiences, I was introduced to some of my own angels. Um, Wow. After, you know, and then that allowed me to be able to see them then all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Try and explain that, though, when you're that age. Um, 
-hmm. you know, the words just, you know, at that age, the words just aren't there to explain that to your, you know, experience to your parents. Right. And things like, you know, the term near-death experience didn't even exist for another decade at least. Oh, really? Wow. Um, And I sure wouldn't have heard it in a rural Iowa anyway. No. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, um, and then again in 1997, um, I noticed I wasn't seeing just my own. I was seeing everyone else's as well. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, I, you know, of course, the first thing I did is like, uh, you know, what's going on? What's changed? What am I supposed to do with this? Right. They were very adamant that I was supposed to start drawing angel portraits for people. You know, and I spent, the, to be honest, the first few months arguing. It just, you know, it's human nature. To, um, and I was... <laughs> Somewhat busy. I had, you know, a four and five year old son and daughter at the time, as well as two teenage sons. Oh my God. Um, and just one other minor detail. I really didn't know how to draw. Oh, really? No, so they've, this has been a process of not just me learning how to do this, it me learning how to draw. So and what start, medium worked, oh, wow. what, you know, worked best. Yeah, you know, right. I started with pastels. And yeah paper that was probably a little larger than I should have. Right. Yeah. Um, after a while, I just, I wasn't getting the detail I wanted, um, you know, smudging with pastels, things like that. So I switched to color pencil and, um, you know, the standard 9 by 12 sheet of paper that I use now, which is a standard size at the art store. And now it's not a standard size for framing, but it is a standard at the art. And angels like to do things by threes. So having 9 by 12 that's divisible by 3 is very comfortable for them as well. So that's another reason why I use that size of paper. Oh, who would have thought of that? But it it totally makes sense. Oh, that is fascinating. So uh, you you don't know of anything that happened in 97 when you could see other people's angels? I have a theory, and I found this out. It was several months after the date that I noticed I was seeing everybody's. I'm not 100% sure it's related, but I do know at that time, um, it was when Hale-Bopp was in our solar system, and there was a few days or time period would actually went behind the sun. Um, There are a lot of, and I don't even remember where I read this now, but where they've talked about some sort of magnetic pulse was put off by Hale-Bopp, directed into our sun, and directed straight at Earth. If that had anything to do with it, I do not know. Wow. But I know it was that same day. Well, so when you first started seeing your own angels at such a young mm-hmm. age, did it did it scare you? Um, no, because, you know, during that experience was just so comforting and so joyful. Yeah. That, you know, and then just seeing that relate into, you know, into every day just felt completely natural. Mm-hmm. What did they do when you first saw them? Um, the best way, you know, one of them actually, you know, bend it, you know, I would say bended knee and embraced me. Oh my gosh. Um, the other three are, you know, just stood there, you know, kind of in the background at first where that one, that one did most of the talking, particularly during my first experience. And what did it say? Um, mostly it was, you know, just uh, specific words. I don't, to be honest, don't remember. It was right. just 
very, you know, it be just very comforting. Right. You'll be okay. Very welcoming. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Did you know yeah. what was going on at first? No, not really, but it didn't feel unnatural in any way. Sure. And yeah. so young. I mean. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, and at that age, yeah, yeah I, I was extremely naive. Right, right. And very, you know, overprotective parents. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. they must have been beside themselves when you were so sick. Um, yeah, it was, you know, pretty traumatic, that part. Yeah. I think that, you know, for me, actually, the the scariest moments was when I first woke up and coming back. That was actually scarier for me the first time, not so much the second time, because I, you know, then it... You know, it was kind of like a part of the progression of the experience then. So did you see them then while you were out for the surgery? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was oh. with them during the entire surgery. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And actually, I don't, neither experience do I remember. I remember the pain and what happened, that, you know, why I ended up in the hospital you know, and having to have the surgeries, but I don't remember getting to the hospital you know, anything after that. I was, you know, I was gone and I was with, with the angels at that point. Wow. I mean, that story could have ended so differently. Oh, easily. Yeah. Where you stay with the angels. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Wow. And then after you were, after you came out of anesthesia, were you able to see them? Yes. Around Mm -hmm. you? Okay. Mm -hmm. So it kind of lifted that veil. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, they are very, very transparent. I do draw them much more intensely than I see them. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like seeing just like that little ray of sunshine between the clouds. Yeah. Just, but just add a shape and color to that. I notice that your angel portraits don't look like the Hallmark type of angel. Um, no. No. Um, I have, what I've been told, because I've asked, why don't I see faces? Why don't I see these details? I've been told because I see them in more their pure light form. Oh, and looking at your portraits, yes, yes, they Thank look you. like light beings. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's just so many questions I have for you right now, Susan. This is, <laughs> <laughs> I just love your story. Um, so how did you, okay, I'm just kind of beside, uh, beside myself here. So did you have the words to talk to your parents about this? Not at all. Not at no, all. no. Did you tell them? Um, I tried to. I yeah. tried to. Um, it didn't go off well. Um, after a while, it was quit telling those, those stories. Oh, wow. So I just, you know, about the age, probably around seven. Yeah. Um, I just quit talking about it. But you saw them, like, on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost constantly. Right. Um, it was easier to see them for some reason when I was a kid when I was outside. Mm-hmm. But that's where I probably spent 75% of my time. Right. You know, as soon as I got home from school, you know, I was outside. Summertime, you know, the minute I got up to the minute it was time to go to bed, I was outside. Right. Right. I wonder if you enjoyed being outdoors. Well, not only mm-hmm. because it's beautiful and fun, mm-hmm. but maybe mm-hmm. because you can meet your friends there. Yeah. The angels. Yeah. And um, I was one of those kids. I was notorious if there was any type of nest of animals, whether it was baby mice or rabbits or 
you know, whatever. Right. Birds, I'm, I found them. And that's usually what I was doing. That or I'd be down at the creek with a book and my radio. Yeah. Listening to music and reading a book. That sounds pretty idyllic to me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, you know. Okay, mm-hmm. not that I didn't have chores like all the little kids do, but, yeah, that's that's the big part of my childhood I remember. Oh, my gosh. And you grew up where again? Um, on a small farm in central Iowa. In the middle of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Seeing angels. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so, you know, your parents, um, I think, reacted like a lot of parents would. Yeah. It's like, Stop talking about it. You don't see it. It's, it mm-hmm. Or it frightens us or you're imagining mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. And for a lot of kids, that can cause them to shut down that mm-hmm. intuitive ability. But not you. No, I just, you know, that, that was mine. Yeah. So you saw it as private yes. rather than uh-huh. mm-hmm. something I shouldn't do. Right. Well, I'm glad that you had that foresight because, um, you know, kids can learn to shut that down. Right. And a lot of kids have, do. And they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all born with wonderful gifts. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, not only being allowed to use them, but then even later in life, just to simply trust them. Exactly. And if we don't learn that early on, it takes a long time to learn it later. Mm-hmm. Yes. There is so much more to our this beautiful world that we live in than what we see with our 3D eyes. Amen. <laughs> and it's in addition to to seeing these things we can feel their presence mm-hmm. and we can um like feel it in our bodies of emotions from other people we can hear as well so mm-hmm. i know one of the th- things that i say more and more to the people that i do angel portraits for mm-hmm. is not only to keep it someplace that you can see it every day but to whenever you're especially having a bad day yeah to go stand in front of it and simply say, I'm not alone, and watch and see and feel how the energy changes. Yes, isn't that amazing? Wow, mm-hmm. so you still see your angels with you mm-hmm. every day. Yeah, and they, they help me do so many things, not only the angel portraits, but the other artworks that I continue to create as well. Yeah, and I do want to talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, now, have you, I want to know if your angels have changed over the years. I would say more um, as I've shown my dedication to the work. Yeah. It's almost like more have come to help me with different phases. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that happens with all of us. I've seen that with yeah. other people as well. Yeah, so maybe you'd seen them once and then you saw them later mm-hmm. and there's yes. a new crew. Um, sometimes there are. Yeah. And, absolutely. you know, everybody has minimum three anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your main uh, main guardian angel that's been with you not just this lifetime, but all of your lifetimes in physical form, uh-huh. as well as others that are with you, you know, maybe only this time, maybe multiple lifetimes mm-hmm. to help you learn certain lessons and help you to accomplish different things. Right. And then we have others that show up as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, those those can show up as needed. Um yeah, but they're not personal. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, where a personal angel is very rarely going to ever leave your side. Yeah. Um, if they do, it would be to say, go ahead of you to help kind of make way to make sure things either happen or don't happen as need as what's in your best and highest good. Yeah. Occasionally one might stay at home 
Um, we can um, ask our angels to check on people, you know, friends, family. We can also ask them to deliver messages, have the, your angel talk to their angel to deliver messages that they might not be ready to hear at that moment. Or ready to hear from you. Um, yeah, yeah, because just like, you know, kids, the last person they a lot of times want to hear things from is mom and dad. They'll hear it better from somebody else in the community. Absolutely. Yeah, so maybe it can, you know, it can be delivered through the angels in that way. Yeah, oh, I love that. Um, you know, we can work with our angels in so many ways, but we do have to ask sometimes. Yes, yeah, ask on a <clears throat> daily basis. Ask for existence, but also give gratitude. Absolutely. When you receive that gift that you ask for, you know, whether it be something as simple as, you know, on that rainy day finding a close parking spot, you know, give gratitude. Mm-hmm. I always uh, liken it to if somebody gives you a present and you don't say thank you, then yeah, it's might like not. why do they want to give you another one? Exactly. But mm-hmm. gratitude just makes them so happy, and they realize, oh my gosh, you got my message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And just furthers that channel of communication. And so um, when you see the angels of other people, is that, I have so many questions. So when you see the angels for other people, do you see them just like when you're walking around? Um, No, I don't. And this has been a process, though. At first I did. Mm -hmm. Um, I have now learned to kind of, I think of it as turning the volume down. Where I see just, it's like clouds or balls of color that is just constantly moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I sit down with someone and the intention is there to create an angel portrait, then just one will step forward and take shape and define color. Yes. But even they at that moment do not show me everything all at once. It, it's all, I, being a Photoshop geek, I think of it as in layers. Right. Where the first they just show me, you know, like what color paper I'm supposed to use. Then um, usually what color the body is. And, and, you know, and then the details continue to come after that. I see. And are they talking to you during the process? Um, they're just like people. Some, some are more chatty than others. <laughs> yeah, some would prefer to not have the mediary, that they would rather talk straight to you. So they don't always, you know, aren't very talkative a lot of times either. And that, you know, those that are, that's their intention. Right. But, you know, once the portrait has been drawn and you have that visualization, it's like that door can never be closed again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they are beautiful. They're absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. And so people, I see people at fairs carrying them around so proudly. Yeah. Um, you know, it, which to me says more about the person and them than it does about me. I'm just... Yeah, I'm just the instrument pushing the pencil. Right. You're the channel. And um, so when you do these angel portraits, do you do much consultation with the, the, with the person? Um, I, of course, I, there is some. And uh, yeah, some of it is just you know, common sense stuff, to, at least from my perspective as okay. being an intuitive for 20 plus years now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I you know, apply some of that as well. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a little bit of, you know, life coaching can sometimes go along with that, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're getting the information, why not? Mm-hmm. And if the person is receptive. Right. Yeah, and in my opinion, if they sit down in front of you, they make an appointment, they're receptive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes instead of words, I get pictures. Of you course. You know, like snapshots. Yes. And sometimes that can literally be the cover of a book. 
mm-hmm. can be a place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you know, sometimes I'm having to interpret a situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I never know what that might be. Absolutely. And how long have you been doing these portraits for people? Um, I started probably, you know, probably very early 98 to late 97. I don't remember exactly, but somewhere in that time frame. Right, because you could start seeing them in 97. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, and it, yeah, that was in January of 97. So. And then you had to learn to draw. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, I, to be honest, I pretty much dived in the deep end and started doing that pretty quickly <laughs> at one of the local metaphysical shops here in Kansas City. You started learning to draw there? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Oh, interesting. Um um, I already knew the owner of this um, of the store quite well, because mm-hmm. I'd, I'd been going in for quite some time, and um, started talking to her about what I was experiencing. She goes, "Well, you need to come in here and do this." And I'm like, um, um, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, <laughs> no, pr- yeah, not at all." <laughs> Well, it's like they say: if you're training to be, uh, you know, a professional intuitive, the best training is fairs. Yeah. Because you've mm-hmm. got to get there, connect, mm-hmm. and um, deliver the messages as quickly as you can, disconnect, and then reconnect with the next mm-hmm. client. So yeah. it's it, it was a few years before I dove in and did fairs. I just did some occasional Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally for Love Offering, um, you know, at this local shop. And then, you know, that's just continued to build. You see, I've known you for many years, and I always just associate you as an artist. Mm-hmm. I always assume that you've always been an artist, Mm-mm. but you've been trained by angels. Yes. And came into it I later. I have never taken an art class. That's hard to imagine, even from looking at your work. Hi, this is Christy. I just want to say that we here at Radiate Wellness hope you're enjoying this podcast. It's free to you, and we hope that you find it informative and inspirational. Heck, even fun. We have just three small asks of you to help us radiate growth. First, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. That way, you'll receive a notification every time that we have a new podcast episode out. Next, please give us a thumbs up, a like, or a five-star review. If you're feeling inspired, a positive review wouldn't hurt. These two small things will help others find us when they're searching for great podcasts. Finally, please tell your friends about the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Better yet, show them how to find us and how to subscribe. If everyone did that, we would double our audience. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. And so, when you do like a book cover or magazine cover, is that any particular angel or who is that? Um, it- I have also done, uh, I'll do angels for the year, I'll do angels of the month, um, the number of archangels have come. Some angels don't even give me a name, they give me right. more of a purpose. Right. Um, so like for the magazines, if they have a theme for that month, okay, um, then that, you know, one has stepped forward that's, you know, that works with that energy. Wonderful. I was wondering about that. The, they don't seem like they're personal. They mm-hmm. seem like they're for everyone. Right. They the are. Magazine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, you know, the different archangels, like Archangel Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of us have different times work with Archangel Michael. Thousands yeah. and thousands of people on a daily basis work with Archangel Michael because he is not a personal angel and he works 
outside of time, so he is able to be where he is needed and where he is called, you know, has been called to. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, people often wonder if they're bothering their angels or oh. their loved ones. I know. It's like, well, I don't want to keep taking up my Archangel Michael's time. No. Yeah, that is their pr- whole purpose <laughs> is to assist. They learn just as much from us as we learn from them. We are not bothering them. No. <laughs> we are actually hindering their growth if we don't ask. Absolutely. We're not giving them the chance to grow and learn uh, and evolve. Right. Right. So I, I just love that um, not only are you able to see the individual angels around people, but, you know, for the community, for mm-hmm. all of us, for a greater good. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is so special about seeing it on the cover of a book. Now, I know that you've won an award, maybe more, for cover art. Um, that was actually, the awards that I've won have been for the mandala work that I have done and some of the coloring books and meditation decks that have gone with that. Yes. Let's talk about your mandala work. Okay. Very different. When did you start that? Um, the project started in 2011. Um, it started out because I was playing with an old antique toy called the Hoot Nanny. What's that? It's actually a grandfather to the Spirograph. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, small metal version that is ideal for a beginner to create mandalas with. So that's oh. what I started with. And uh, you know, I was another local intuitive here in Kansas City was started, was actually doing a, um online it was phone cl- you know, class. It was through the phone system somehow. I, you know, back in the day when we did that. But um, and it was about um, six of the earthly salphagio frequencies. Yes. So very, very specific hertz frequencies. Mm-hmm. And me just being me, I started researching and found out there aren't just six salphagio frequencies. There's actually nine sets of nine frequencies. So when I created those first six, I had no idea what I was really getting myself into (laughs) that I was going to end up creating a total of 81 mandalas, and it was going to take me seven years to complete the project. Oh, my gosh. Well, and you've put some in coloring books. Um, Yeah, so they're all, all actually, all nine nine sets are in coloring books. So there's nine separate coloring books as well as uh, nine separate packets of the um, decks to work with. So talk about the decks. How many cards are in the deck and what's the, their purpose? Um, so the same, same per, um, number. There's 81, 81. Um, nine sets in each in each of the nine, you know, nine mandalas in each of the nine sets. Um, there can be a number of purposes for it. First, you know, to be honest, I personally, the biggest thing I used them for was I'd set them on a table, put them in a little Ziploc bag, and set a glass of water on top of them. So charging the water with the freak energy of that particular frequency. Um, I then started playing with, you know, doing that with herbs and essential oils and using it to clear and energize crystals. Oh. Um, A few other people gave me the idea of them putting, um, putting them under the massage tables. People do different types of energy work. We have found that most people, it was um, too much to do more than about three. 
Mm-hmm. Um, some people start putting them in their pillow when they sleep at night. Typically, they've found, though, that really doing more than one, two at the most, and then you might have some difficulty sleeping just is just a little overwhelming to have it right there in the pillow. Right. So talk a bit about these these frequencies. What are they and what do they help with? Um, the sophagia frequencies are actually, it's all based on sacred geometry and Pythagorean math. Mm-hmm. Um, each one of the frequencies is three digits long. And when you add those three numbers up, they always add up to three, six, and nine. It was Nikolai Tesla who said that if we understood three, six, and nine, we would understand the universe. Wow. Um, I'm a huge Tesla fan. Wow. And even when um, NASA is taking recording equipment out into and recording the spheres. Yeah. our own sun and Saturn put off frequency 528 mm-hmm. um, from the earthly salvagio frequencies, which is, you know, one for um, healing DNA, mm-hmm. which is a great one for um, reactivating um, our dormant or, you know, DNA strands, which, you know, a lot of people refer to as junk, but it's, it's really just been turned off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we're learning, you know, and this is processes that we're going through is learning how to turn those strands back on. So the, you know, the whole purpose of the Zephagios is to help us realign with our original blueprint. That is wonderful. I mean, in the, the mandalas that you do, at least for the coloring books, they, they look very much like a blueprint. Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting the process, how you take a tone, which is, Mm -hmm. that's what this is. A sulfur Mm -hmm. is a frequency and take a tone and turn that into a mandala how do you get your inspiration for that? Yeah, one of the things that has inspired me is cymatics, um, which is the people that have taken like salt or white sand, dumped it on like a black sheet of metal, and then put the speaker underneath and have discovered, you know, the patterns that those different yeah. tones create in the sand then. Right. So um, when I'm actually created the mandalas, um, I sat down on the computer. Um, because the computer is, you know, is a, a tool I've used for a long time um, pre- in my previous incarnation in the corporate world. Um, but, so that was someplace I was comfortable, but it also helped me, you know, kind of keep some of the symmetry of just a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I listen to that tone the entire time I'm creating that. Um, so, you know, I do do kind of the template on the computer. I'm printing that off. Um, and then coloring it in, in nine times out of ten, it it did change just a little bit mm-hmm. as I worked with the energy and continued to listen to that frequency, yes. um, and just kind of get more in touch with the purpose. Um, and pretty much the earthly salvagio frequencies are the ones that have been written about the most in the past. So there was a basic understanding with what those nine frequencies can help us with. Mm-hmm. To be honest, the rest of it's just like the mandalas themselves essentially been channeled. Exactly. So we've got the earthly frequencies. Mm-hmm. And what other types of frequencies um, are there? Earthly, angelic, mm. um, universal, natural, divine. And then the last four sets are associated with the star seeds and different um, constellations. So Cygnus. Orion, Sirius, and 
what is the other one? Mm-hmm. At the moment, I'm going to be honest. Pleiadian? Yes, Pleiadian, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so when you're working on those frequencies, the starseed frequencies, do you see those beings associated with those places or does it come um, through with angels? I feel like they have been in the background being supportive. Mm-hmm. But um, to be honest, um, there's a particular group of beings mm-hmm. um, known as the guardians of the Southasia. Yes. That help, have helped me a great deal. I couldn't have done this project without them. I just yeah. couldn't have. I remember they came up for you in a reading that I did with you. Uh, yes. Yes. And that was when I was already at least halfway through this project. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And they were talking about, I believe, mm-hmm. unlocking certain things that had been hidden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because these frequencies, they were used in the past. Um, you know, up possibly as, you know, as most recent as the 1600s. Mm. Um, more... Was this, I'm working with, you know, and spoken with some different people who have played some of the Stradivarius instruments. And the theory is that we believe that those instruments were actually built to play the South Asia frequencies. Oh, um, they were used in the Gregorian chants um, within the Catholic Church up through the early 1600s, where people were having experiences that the church can, was a, unable to control. Oh my goodness. You know, we hear about the mystic side of the church and uh, sounds mm-hmm. like they were tapping into that mystic yes. side. Mm-hmm. And at some point the church says they, they say they've lost the frequencies. Um, they were just hidden away. Wow. Because they, of course, if people were having mystical experiences mm-hmm. because of certain tones, then that took some of the power yes. away. Mm-hmm. Right, that yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, then people didn't need to go to their father, their priest. Right, you know, the church. And they were session. able to communicate with with angels, God, creator, the divine, mm-hmm. directly. And so we don't necessarily need to hear the tones. We can look at the representation mm-hmm. of the mandala. Right. Uh, right. You can you know, use the meditation decks. You can color them. Yeah, and color them how it feels right to you. Mm-hmm. You don't need to color them exactly how I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I filled two coloring books already. I need to get more. <laughs> I enjoy them. Uh, yeah, they are a type of meditation. They really are. Mm-hmm. I enjoy reading about, because you've got the mandala on the the recto, and then on the verso mm-hmm. you've got the, the text and the ex- mm-hmm. explanation of the frequencies. And I read that as I'm coloring. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Um, it just heightens the experience, and um, you know we all love grown-up coloring books anyway. Yes, we do. We do. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was you know when I was ill and I unable to be outside as a kid. Oh yeah, I was coloring, but I was mm-hmm. you know I really don't remember ever having anything other than children's crayons. Exactly, and those wax crayons are yeah, yeah. They don't blend colors very well. They don't. No. Um, And so do you hear from people who use your coloring books and use your decks? Um, Occasionally I do. Yeah. Um, I'd like to more often, but, you know, um, I've heard a number of different things, you know, particularly people that, you know, how they're, it's, their sorry, intuition is continuing to evolve and wake up. Oh, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a fantastic thing because, you know, when you're in that meditative state, 
we're a lot more receptive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So you've got the coloring books, you've got the decks. Um, excuse me, you do the um, angel portraits. Do you have anything else that you're working on? Um, I'm I'm doing a number of, you know, different... I've gotten into acrylics quite a bit lately. Nice. Um, so I'm doing some a different series of paintings, all incorporating different spiritual symbols, um, and as well some's including a lot of stones. So you're including stones in the artwork? Yes. How do you do that? Um, just using some different mediums, um, like molding paste um, and different you know, gels, different right. clear gels that will actually you know, glue them to the canvas in a way. Right. I don't use actual glue, but uh, different acrylic mediums have so worked quite well. Oh, that's wonderful. And so you're building more texturized mm-hmm. yes. images. Uh-huh. Yes, a lot of texture. Right. And, and continuing the theme of the sacred geometry quite Love a bit it. as well. Do you have uh, guardians or angels who work with you with the sacred geometry? Any specific ones that um, you use for that? I think, yeah, the guardians of this aphasia have continued yes. to be very helpful with that. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. That's a big part of what, you know, the frequencies are. You know, the mandalas are like a 2D version, you know, of the frequency. Right. Do you ever see them? In 3D? Yes, I do. Um, I was wondering about that. It is easier for me to see that actually when I'm out in direct sunlight and I close my eyes. And then I just, I see all the sacred geometry just constantly moving. How do So a lot of the paintings, I'm, I'm trying in some way to put down on canvas what I'm seeing. Oh, for, and that's I'm, And that's what I see in meditation a great deal. Yeah, that's got to be difficult to put that into, you know, to translate that into yeah, a medium. something that, yeah, something that's constantly moving into Ooh. something that's, you know, somewhat flat and stationary. Right. Yeah, so they're little snapshots. Mm-hmm. And you have crystal bowls as well. Um, yes, I do. Um, and they are Sophagio crystal bowl, singing crystal bowls. Of course they are. Um, I have eight presently, um, and I do at least two public um, crystal singing bowl meditations every month. Wonderful. Um, typically at yoga studios where that, you know, some people are able to sit down, lay down, whatever is most comfortable for them during the experience. Right. Um, I think there's a lot of interplay between tones and art anyway, mm-hmm. and between music and art. Um, and actually it connects with the angels as well, because it is my understanding that is tones is there, you know, is how they communicate with each other. Of course. So, you know, my theory, of course, it is that they are actually the tones they use are the subagio frequencies. Of course. Of course, it makes perfect sense. You know, and there's tons of music out there on YouTube that uses mm-hmm. these frequencies as well. Mm-hmm. As more well. and more all the time. Mm-hmm. I use them in my healing practice. Mm-hmm. And then your, so your bowls, they're tuned to those frequencies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah, those bowls are a little bit harder to find, but they are out there. Yeah. How do you even search them out? You kind of have to know what you're looking for. Um, yeah, and know where, the, you know, who... Who the importers them. are for you know, bringing the bowls into the states and mm-hmm. you know, weeding through their bowls and what they are. Cause, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long have you been doing the bowls? 
almost four years publicly. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds about right. Yeah, and uh, you know, my very first bowls were not South Asia, but I did upgrade, um, you know, about two and a half years ago to all all eight of them are South Asia frequencies, and I'm hoping to add one more bowl this year. Wow. Because uh, I'd like to have nine. Yes. Of course, course. got to have that, yeah, that, that number divisible by three again. <laughs> exactly. I almost said even number. That's not right, but the, the mm-hmm. divisible by three, of course. Mm-hmm. Do you bring um, art into that at all? Or what do you um, do that? I've started doing some different things here, particularly recently, mm-hmm. um, where I'm putting one of the meditation decks in one deck card in each bowl. Oh, wow. Um, or, or right next to the bowl, one or the other. Um, I am also sometimes, you know, putting the platonic solids inside the bowls. Oh, wait, what? Uh, pl- pl- what? Um, <laughs> so they're more of a 3D. So they're um, quartz crystals that have been cut into the, the, the sacred geometry the sacred shape. geometry shapes of. Oh mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen those sets of five and seven out there. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, that is so exciting! Yeah, so um, it's it's definitely amped up the the energy that the bulls put off. I can imagine by including those. What do people experience in a singing bowl meditation like that? Um, most of them is just you know the biggest feedback is you know relaxing and comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they a lot of people see colors. Yeah, which yeah, color is just obviously another way to express a frequency. Absolutely, mm-hmm. right. Just um, do you find that there are certain colors that match some of the tones? Yeah, it's usually associated also with the chakras, but not always. Not right. always. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes you know your root chakra may be off balance, so it's you know radiating. Yeah, a color other than red, which we typically associate with the root chakra, for example. Right. So to you know, you may need the opposite of what your color is radi, you know, what that chakra exactly. is radiating to help bring it to balance. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Sounds like a wonderful evening to just enjoy the tones and mm-hmm. sit back and meditate and see what happens. Yes. Now we've got just a couple more minutes. Is there anything that you've not that we've not talked about that you think you'd like to mention? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, was we've talked about an awful lot in this hour. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, and it's gone very quickly here. Um, it has. And I just find your work is so fascinating, so interesting mm-hmm. because you you blend two of my favorite things: angelics and art, <laughs> spirituality, and you know the artistic medium. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, you know, um, about again, about the self-agio frequencies, you know, that moment of creation where we all associate with the word. Yeah. I actually believe it was a tone. Mm-hmm. You know, what that word was, you know, a lot of theories in different cultures believe it was om. I personally don't believe it really matters so much of what frequency was used. Yes. Is the much more important. Absolutely. And I do believe it is, you know, somewhere within this range of the South Asia frequencies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds very powerful. Very, very mm-hmm. powerful. Wonderful. And so where can we find you on online, find your art online? Um, yes, I have a website. Um, I try to make it easy, SusanWalterArt.com. 
Um, and that is also where you can find me on both on Facebook and Instagram as well. It's just searching Susan Walter Art. Wonderful. I would love it if people would color your mandalas and then tag you on Instagram. Oh, that would be out. Fabulous. Yeah. Fun. Tag me on Instagram mm-hmm. or on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or take pictures of uh, their portraits that you've done mm-hmm. and yeah. tag you on Facebook or Instagram. What's your What's your handle on Instagram? Um, it is also Susan Walter Art. Oh, that's easy. Yes. I have, <laughs> you I'm into making things as simple as possible. <laughs> okay. So tag Susan at Susan Walter Art on mm-hmm. Instagram. Um, and then can we find your, your stuff on Amazon, like if we wanted to get color um, books? Actually, at this time, no. Okay. That may change at some point in the future, but right now um, there are a few local shops here in Kansas City that do carry them, but, uh, or you can always you know, find me at the fairs. Oh, fantastic. Good, mm-hmm. good, good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Susan. It's been so much fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of A Guided Life Podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.